Hey friends, are you unsure of what to say on social media or what to even send in your weekly emails? Well, what if creating content could be easy? Would you be looking for a shortcut to creating consistent content? Yes, consistent content, because you know consistency is key. Well, let me tell you, you are not alone when you feel like you're struggling on what to post or what to write in emails. And we know that you have that product part of your business down. But as you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that to get more people to your products, to buy your products, you need to create great content. Oh, I know, I see. I keep saying content, and that's the dreaded C word. And we can't tell you how many product bosses tell us that they want to create great content for their audience and their customers, but they don't know what to say, or they are so busy, they can't find the time, or they really, really, really don't want to be the face of their brand. Well, no worries, because that's exactly why we created a year of content. It is your shortcut to creating consistent content that resonates with your audience and brings more loyal customers who can't wait to buy your products. If you want to see how easy this is and how easy it is to create content for your audience and your customers, head to www.ayearofcontent.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my new year, new her podcast co-buddy host, Mina I Kunlosita. think you really should have put, said ready to buy, but hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to 2022. Jacqueline's still getting acclimated to the 2022 waters here. Left my brain so. back there in uh, 2021, <laughs> I think. What year are we in? Who Hi, everybody. I? Good day, friends. Good day. Um, I knew you were going to say, try to say good morning, but you didn't know what time it was did either, did you? It's like, <laughs> you know me. <laughs> all right. But let's get serious here for a second. All right. We are rolled. We're in our, you know, the second week of January, 2022. Um, welcome to the new year. Can't wait to do this year with you. And if you're new here, thank you for listening to the product boss podcast. We have hundreds of episodes you can go back and listen to as well as all of the goodness that comes every week. We drop two episodes. So we're so glad you're all here. So Mina, one of the most exciting things that are happening for us right now this week, and you are all going to hear this in the podcast. It's next week. I'm I'm literally rolling, drumming a a drum. Thank you. We, (laughs) (laughs) we have these amazing free workshop series coming up for all of you starting on January 20th, which is the product boss's guide to your best year yet. We are so excited to kick off the year with you and offer you all of these incredible workshops um, that are really going to help you kick it off. And then coming up on February 14th, we are doing bestseller secrets challenge. It's a free five day challenge. And so when you register for these workshops, you will get automatic VIP access to the challenge. You do not need to register twice. So make sure to sign up for the workshops. You can watch them live with us. We give away tons of prizes 
or you will get the replay in, um, in your email as well. So yeah. either way, but we want to support you. Absolutely free. Um, if you know us, you know that we love workshop style and the, the, where the magic happens is in the live workshop. So every Thursday we have the workshop. So make sure that you sign up for that. And then it, like Jacqueline said, it goes into the challenge, which is super exciting. It's where we've seen, I mean, tens of thousands of people come through the challenge and, literally change their lives just from the free challenge and the free workshop. So be there. Um, we're super pumped for that. We are. Okay. So here's something we want to tackle today on the podcast. We're really, really excited to talk about this because we get this question a lot from our students, our multi-stream machine students. Um, and you know, from our community as a whole, right. They're always curious, like they, they do all these efforts, right. They show up on social media, they do all the things, but they just don't know when or how to get their customers to buy from them. And we, you know, funny enough, my friends, I know, you know, that we're all very good at math over here at the product boss, but this actually <laughs> does come down to a little bit of math. You can actually with math predict sales that you are going to make based on certain numbers in your business. So you'll oftentimes hear us say, know your numbers. And when we know our numbers, there's a way to create predictability in your business and really actually be able to forecast sales from your customers. Yeah. And I love this topic because a lot of times when we're getting to know business owners, they think uh, they, they mention businesses that are, that have been established already, but they look at them as like overnight successes, but it really happens in this way where it's like little by little step by step math percentage by math percentage, you're upticking all of it. Right. And so this is a really exciting episode because we want you to know that you're on the right track and that you just need to keep taking those steps forward because it all adds up to you getting more sales. And then somebody else out there will be like, hey, referring to your business and think of you as an overnight success when you know very well that was not the case either, right? You really work to get those percentages ticked up just like what we're going to talk to you, to you about today. You know, one thing I actually want to bring up, which I think um, probably will resonate with a lot of people is the idea that, um, you know, they want people to buy from them. They want their customers to buy. They want people to buy, but you know what I, I, I know, and I've heard in our community, people don't feel like it's okay to sell. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, this, it's this contradiction of, I want people to buy my, my products, but I actually don't want to sell to them because I don't want to sound salesy, right? They don't yeah. feel like it's okay to sell. So somehow magically humans <laughs> are supposed Literally, to show humans up. Humans that have so much in their brains, they barely know what year, month, or time of day it is, are supposed to know to buy from them, but they don't actually know what they're selling or ne- simply need to be reminded or be asked, right. Yeah, in a, in right. not a salesy way, but in a rather a offering of, um, why, you know, people, people buy on desire, people buy on need needs and wants. And it's your job as a product-based business owner to share with them the benefits that your product will bring to their life, right? Mm-hmm. It could be, um, an amazing pillow that gives them a better night's sleep. It could mm-hmm. be a skin cream that helps, you know, soften their skin. It could be a candle that makes them feel good when they smell it. It delights the senses. All of you have something that there is something that will make your customer feel better, feel a need, a want or desire. So we want you to just, as we go into this idea of, you know, your customers buying from you, we need to first start with the idea that you need to sell to them as well. 
you need to have a call to action. Mm -hmm. And that call to action is an ask for them to buy, right? So it's not you just moving through life, building your business, never asking but anybody, never selling anybody. And I get it, right? This is coming from an introvert where selling does not come naturally to me, but building a business does. So if you plan to make money from your business, this is not a hobby. You're not doing this for free. You need money to contribute to your life and your family or whatever it is, right? Your, the things that your efforts are going somewhere, then you need to get acclimated to selling to them because it is a muscle that you build. And it doesn't have to be like what you think. It's not, we're not, you know, I feel bad for sales, uh, you know, the car salesman because man, he's got a bad rap, right? Because it's not that sleazy way at all. You tell your story, you tell the behind the scenes, you show your product, you you basically need to put it in front of your customer and talk to them and sell to them, right? And most of us, a lot of us have cars. We were all sold mm -hmm. a car by somebody, whether, <laughs> right? A sale, a car salesman. Yeah, or, you know, somebody down, the, somebody down the street who was yeah. selling their car, but they had to pitch you on their car or yeah. you rolled up to the used car lot and someone had to pitch you on that car or you went mm -hmm. to, you know, the uber nice car car place and they pitched you on the car. Someone pitched you on this car, but before mm -hmm. that, like, let's back it up to the actual transaction. You mm -hmm. were researching cars. You decided at one point you wanted a minivan or you wanted an, a, a crossover SUV or you wanted an electric vehicle or you wanted a, a whatever it is. You decided you wanted a Honda. Why did mm -hmm. you want a Honda? Cause somewhere By along the way, the Honda, line, if you're listening and you want to sponsor us, you know, <laughs> Not We're currently, not currently sponsored by <laughs> Honda, but um, we would <laughs> keep talking about Hondas No, So, um, but if you think about, let's say Honda or, um, I'll, can we talk from a Kia perspective since I have sure, a Kia? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I own a Kia Telluride, very popular car in the last few years. I didn't know anything about it. I thought I wanted a Ford Explorer. Really? Was, You're a Ford person. I have Honda and Toyota. So that's why I was shouting out Honda. I have Ford and Kia now, but I had a Ford. <laughs> With, with my, when I just had one, you know, anyways, my kids are getting older. We wanted a bigger car. I was not going for the minivan. I wanted the bigger SUV that's still okay in the world. So, okay. So, um, I, we went to the Ford dealership because I'd been marketed to Fords, right? I had a Ford. Mm -hmm. I, um, I actually am a Ford person. I used to have a Mustang. So thanks for pointing that one out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, and so we went to the dealership and I didn't know, of, I knew my mom had had a Kia. She had spoken really highly of Kias because they have like a really great warranty, like a 10 year warranty. And tell them the car that your mom used to have. So, so I want, I want them to understand perspective. Okay. So my mom had a Mercedes, mm -hmm. um, then she got divorced. And then she mm -hmm. didn't have a Mercedes anymore um, because mm -hmm. she her lifestyle changed. And then she decided, though, she was still one of that luxury vehicle. So she had gone for a Kia. I don't know the name of it, but they have like a like a Kia like coupe that was definitely luxury. And the CEO, I think, of Kia is the BM, previous from P, BMW. So the luxe part of Kia, you get the luxe and you get the technology and you get all the bells and whistles for not luxe prices. You don't have to pay the BMW Mercedes prices to get it. So when we looked at the car, she's like, you know, I really like Kias. They take care of you from a customer service perspective. What you get in the car is like extreme value for the price that you pay. But I was really into Fords because I thought they look like Range Rovers. Okay. So cut to, we go to the dealership and I'm looking at all the explorers and we're kind of in the back and they show us this Kia Telluride and it was green. I was looking for a black car and I didn't think anything. I was like, 
I don't know. He's like, well, you should very, test very it. dark green though. Practically yeah. black. Yeah. Thank you. Cause you know, New mm-hmm. York over here. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know much about it, but my husband did. Cause my husband was like a fact finder in the research. And he's like, this is like a top, um, um, what's it called when the consumer Rated? reports? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was like the top SUV, top consumer reports, whatever. So they're like, just take it on a test drive. So, but here's the thing. Okay. I had been marketed Fords and I was looking at Fords and that's what was popping up in my brain. My husband had looked into Telluride from a fact finding perspective and knew about it, but we both also knew about Kia, whether it was word of mouth about Kia, right. From my mom, whether it was advertisements, whether it was mm-hmm. consumer reports, we had known about this brand. So we drove it, we bought it. But first, before you go into that, you drove it. Then they go to this car sales place and the car salesman, not slick, not the sleaze, sleazy, very helpful. Actually, very the kind. first one, the first one was a little slick, but then didn't have time <laughs> for us. And kind of, and I was like, I got money. I'm going to buy a car today. And he was like, no. So the manager actually switched us to a guy that really wasn't very good at being a salesman, but just presented okay. the options to us, right. but not so sleazy I to at bring all. The, yeah. I wanted to bring this up because the ask part. So he goes up to them and says, hey, there's this Kia Telluride. It's not on the floor yet. Would you like to take it on a test drive? Right? The ask. Okay, now proceed. And so my brain, I'm thinking, no way. Don't want this. No how. Telluride, like, I don't know what this car is. It's green. I don't know. We get in this car and it is beautiful inside. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's just beautiful, like things I couldn't even imagine. So we're looking over at like the Ford Explorers that are more expensive. We're looking at this Kia Telluride. That's like kind of like, I don't know the right word for it, but really has it's all like the bells top and of the line. Yeah. Beautiful black rims, like just beautiful. I didn't think it was beautiful then. Now I do because <laughs> I just wasn't ready for it, but he offered it as a suggestion. He wasn't going to necessarily make more but money. Also. <laughs> okay, please keep going. <laughs> Here's the thing. So this non-slick salesman was like, hey, it's not on the floor yet. It actually is going over asking. No, he didn't tell me that. No, well, yes. Not yet. Not yet. So, but close. So he said, go take it for a test ride. Try it out. Take Mm -hmm. it around the block. These cars are flying. He actually did say these cars are flying out of here. Like this isn't on the floor yet. They go. And he actually said to us, this is actually one thing he did say. There are people that are, um, what's the word? Um, competing, competing for it. Like he had two Uh people on the floor being like, I'll give you more money for it. I'll give you more money for it. I'll give you more money. So kind of set that up for us. We took the ride. We get (laughs) out. This whole episode, I feel is like a game of charades. If you guys could see us on video. (laughs) Mina's feeling, we weren't planning on sharing the story. It just kind of led here. No, I like it. (laughs) So, um, so I was like, you know, I kind of like the car and my husband's like, I like the car. And our kids are like, we like the car. I was like, this is, this is not what the plan was. We were Wallet's out ready to buy one car mm-hmm. and we'll discover it, but more or less he wanted to get this car. And then we were presented this other option and we were, we had been marketed to pre. And then he tells us, then he says to us, oh, then we're like, okay, I think we want it. And then I'm like trying to get my big girl pants on and do what they tell you to do when you go to car dealerships with slick salespeople and be like, all right, I'm going to give you $5,000 under. <laughs> Under. I'll tell you what. <laughs> because that's what they tell you in cars. You're supposed to negotiate the price of them. out the door. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm an adult now. I'm going to, I'm going to tell this car, this, this car salesman that like, I am good. I, this is what I want my monthlies uh-huh. to be. Yeah. Kids sit down, watch mama in action. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Because he almost like let out a ha ha chuckle. 
oh no, no, ma'am. These cars are going for over asking. And all of a sudden I was like, excuse me, what? They're going, and that's actually when he told me that the competition story. So he goes, they're actually going for over asking. They're limited in quantity. They're really mm-hmm. high quality because it was during the pandemic. They're really limited in manufacturing. People are actually fighting each other on the floor. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. I'll give you more. This isn't on the floor yet. You have no competition against it. But if you if we put it on the floor, it will be gone within a day. And I was like, oh, scarcity. Okay, I will give you $5,000 extra money and let's get the deal done. So all of that, there was never a real salesy, slick kind of whatever. It was fact, but he used scarcity. He used um, he used the value he, around. He the used car. experience. So, for example, he let them test drive the car. Now, if you if you have a product that is not like accessible like that, they, that they can't test drive, you test drive for them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know it's kind of like QVC, HSN. This thing you get on the virtual net showroom floor. Yeah, showroom floor, (laughs) whatever it is. And you show your products in action. Mm -hmm. So that was in action, you know, showing, right? You got to experience it. But if you don't have that access to your customer and they're virtual, you show it using your own hands, mouth, you know, like I'm talking about your senses, right? You're hearing all of it. With QVC, the weight of it, the smell of it, the size of it, the, you know all of it and you show it yourself using it to show yourself using it in action because then your customer, you're able to, um, what's the word? Transfer, transfer the experience to them. Last time Mina and I were together, we actually ended up watching QVC together. It was like <laughs> the best show ever. And I looked at her and I said, if this product boss thing doesn't work out, I think I want to be a QVC. <laughs> and actually it was really interesting because when we were watching QVC, um, they had virtual people. The woman was straight up in her garage. I yeah. kid you not. And I was like, oh my gosh, we could do this. Like people, like I at least had this idea that QVC was like really, really up there, produce all those things. I mean, it but, was before yeah. 2020. But with 2020, I mean, this woman was like, you know, just normal looking woman in her garage showing her, it was like bath scrubs and that that kind of thing. And she was showing it on her arm. She had a bowl. It wasn't like a sink or a beautiful bathroom or anything like that. So I thought that was really interesting. So that was just a side tangent. But, but you know what she did though, is she was using the product. So let's just yeah. use that really fast. So this is the transferring of the experience. And my friends, if you're curious, I know, just go watch QVC or HSN or the Jewelry Network. Just go watch how they touch the product and they put it on their wrist or on their neck. Or So this was um, body scrub and so she took it out and she scrubbed it on her hand and she's talking mm-hmm. about the benefits while she's showing you it scrubbed. It's that transfer of experience of if I was in a real life store, I could touch the scrub, I could test it in a lot of stores, right? So, I mean, she sold out of everything. So, yeah. okay, let's go back to, though. So this is the idea of selling, right? And I wanted to say this before we move on. Your goal as a business owner is to sell. You need and deserve to make money for the beautiful products that you create even if it's just to pay back for it and buy yourself something special like a manicure or you're putting money towards your, you know, your kid's college fund. Your business is a business and it's not a hobby if you're trying to sell it. And it's a big reminder for you to push for the the sale of your products. Okay. So now what we're going to do is now we're going to think, and I want you to say, my customers want and need my products. My customers want and need my products. But now the question is, is how do I get my customers ready to buy, right? How do I want them to buy from me? And when are they going to buy from me? Yeah. So you've listened to our episodes before. How do your customers want and need need your products? They need to get to know you. 
right? And so they need to live the experience of your products in a way. So we've gone through this before where there's no like and trust. This is a foundational thing, tried and true, forever in marketing, no like and trust, the customer journey. So no means they get to know you. They even they they know you exist. There's a brand awareness, right? That's why people put their um, goods on commercials or whatever, because there's a lot of touch points that happen in this no phase of um, brand awareness that happens for products, right? And product businesses. Then there's like, this is the part where people get tripped up, I feel like, because um, they they think of they think selling is not likable, but selling is very likable. You know, it's like the salesman that's like, "Hey, try this out," or you being helpful, or you nurturing them, or educating them, or um, showing it yourself using it, or you know, talking with them about it. These are more touch points, and they get to like you. And then there's trust. When you get to the trust stage, that's when they bring out their wallet and they're like, I trust you so much. I'm going to buy from you and I'm going to repeatedly buy from you. So this is a cycle, right? So now that they, then you go back into no, because now they're getting to know you more. They become a raving fan and then they like you even more and they trust you even more. So it becomes a, a, a even a further cycle from there. But that's how this, this journey becomes a cycle for you to keep selling to the same people. Yeah. And, you know, our framework and our signature program, which is multi-stream machine, the doors are opening in February, my friends. So if you're excited, go, you know, go check out the wait list at multistreammachine.com and get signed up. But here's the thing. Okay. So when we talk about no like trust, it's the same sort of systems that we build multi-stream machine on, which is, is, you know, systems, visibility, and sales. But if we pull back to the visibility and sales part, the no part is that you're visible, right? It's Mm -hmm. you're visible to the customers. They understand, they know that you exist. You're that star in the universe. They know you exist and you keep letting them know when, you know, a new product drops, a new scent is there. There's something new. There's a new collection. There's a sale happening or a promotion. That's the visibility part. And then the, the no, okay. The like is still within that visibility. It goes into that marketing, but it's also Mm -hmm. in terms of how you're delivering your product, how you're showing your product where they're finding your products, right? Like, do they like where you're selling them? Is it easy to buy from you? You know, does your website convert from you? Is it all working? And the trust is that you deliver the product and it's a good product. And that actually, your systems should be intact to be able to help you deliver a good product because if the experience and the interaction with your product is good, they get it on time, it comes not broken, it's in a package, they use it, it does what it's supposed to do, they'll buy from you again, right? That's that trust and they'll come back in, but you're going to constantly be in that cycle of showing up for them, marketing to them, being like, Hey, what's up? We're here. Come buy from us again, if you're ready. And when you're ready, um, or, Hey, we've got this new thing. You need to get this. And then it's going to cycle through. They're going to purchase. So I think what we should do though, is talk about, and you all know, we're really good at math over here at the product boss. Bring out your calculators, everybody. This will be, and these are, this is simple math problem. So, (laughs) Simple math problems um, that we're going to be doing today, just so you visualize and get the idea of what we're talking about, the uptick that I said, you know, because a lot of times people skip to the fact that people have a cu- existing customer base and they're like, ooh, that that business is booming. Rothy's, oh my gosh, look at, they have all these products and they have such, you know, so many sales, I can't compete with them. Well, they started with one and they also started with lower numbers and lower percentages. Okay. So bring out your calculators. I'm not serious. You don't have to bring out. Your I'm actually bringing mine out because um, <laughs> finding out a percentage of a thousand is not easy. Okay. <laughs> well, it's just, 
I'm just it's just the, the zeros and the whatever the front number. <laughs> too much, Mina. We're <laughs> too, too much. Okay. <laughs> so first thing that we want to tell all of you is that you can statistically and you can forecast out how many people are going to buy from you based on the numbers you have in front of you. So really what I want, we want to talk about email lists because that is something that you actually own. So for those of you out there that have built an email list, this is workable. For those of you who have not yet, my friends, you need to start building your email list. You will understand why this is so important. Yeah. We'll talk about social media before as well, we go but... into the percentages. These percentages are benchmark percentages. They are ones that are of industry. They with their you know, so if you're above this or below this, you can kind of gauge it and you have a barometer now. Okay. So this is, you know, industry standard. Okay. Okay. So typically between one to 3% of your email list is ready to buy from you right now. Okay. I'm going to say that again, because you're like, wait, excuse me, what? One to 3% of your email list is ready to buy from you right now. Everyone else on your email list is in discovery mode. They're all in that mode of, oh, okay, I found you. Tell me a little bit more about you. Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit more about the business. When I say you, I mean your business. Yeah, Tell me more they're about in the business. know and like still. Mm-hmm. Probably why? like, actually. And they're in the mm-hmm. why. What's in it for me? That's majority of the human beings that you're going to interact with. If you think about this, their question is, well, what's in it for me? Great, great. You've got a great product, but what's in it for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'd like to skin. throw back to Kia non-slick salesman that was like, <laughs> said to Jacqueline, here's what's in it for you. Go ahead and experience this. It has the luxury benefits. Also, you get it before everybody else. People are fighting for this, right? Mm-hmm. What's in it for you is all of this. Mm-hmm. And I had done my own research. So they had already marketed to me, right? James already knew it was a t- like really safe. It had all the bells and whistles. Like he had uh-huh. already been marketed to to know what's in it for us if we purchase this car. Right. So, so let's now it's different for social media. We'll get to social media, but here's how you kind of do the math. Okay. So for every thousand people, this is why I pulled out my calculator for every (laughs) thousand people. Okay. You are going to have between 10 and 30 people that are ready to buy from you right now. Okay. That's of the whole list. Um, of every thousand people, 10 to 30 people are going to buy from you. But here's the trick. When you send out an email to your list, your thousand people on your list, and you send out that email, they don't all open it. All 1000 people don't actually open that email. So we, a good benchmark, right? Mina in, um, email list and open rates to emails is what about 20, 25%. I think 20, 25 is really high. I think it's 14, something like that. So yeah. Um, ours is really high and a lot of our masterminders, we've known somebody who had like 40%, but that's existing customers, right? So it changes across the board, but if you, 14 and up is considered benchmark. So what number should we go off of if I'm going to calculate this for everybody with my calculator? 14 Let's just do 20, 20? Okay. and shoot for the stars. Because it's 140 people that will open your email out of every thousand if we went to 14%. So we're going to go off of the, you know, the 20% open your email. And yes, I'm using my calculator. So that's 200 people that mm-hmm. will open the actual email that you sent. Now let's figure out what percentage then would buy from that. So out of 200 people that have opened your email, let's go to 3% and tell you six. So you have a thousand people on your list, 200 people open it, and you can expect probably between what three and six people to purchase 
from you based on that marketing moment, based on that, that email that you sent out. Now, some of you, like your hearts may have sunk, but the thing is, is that it's still six sales and, yeah. and it's about doing this for more one often. email, mm-hmm. six sales for one email. And you should be emailing out weekly, for example. Also, you're putting in their nurture emails. They're not like, you know, all sell, 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 but kind of, right? Because you're soft selling a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, so six, so that's already six sales. I like it. Yeah. So let's say you send out, you know, six, uh, four emails a month, then you've got six times four, you've got 24 sales that month based on your emails. Now, Mm -hmm. if you work on getting higher open rates, then you can work on knowing that you might get more percentages of opens. So what that means is that it's, well, one, it's essential to start to build your email list. Now I have a, we have a student that we work with that has a very small email list, a list of 500. I think I might've talked about this on the podcast. This was Mm -hmm. around black Friday and she had a list of 500 people on her list. She never emails, never Mm -hmm. like, you got to email, you got to email. So, you know, she came up from rocker holiday promotions challenge. She came up with her idea of what she was going to send out. And, you know, when I had done this, this for her, I was like, you may only make, you know, one to three sales is what I told her based on this whole promotion. You haven't been sending emails, but you have 500 people. Let's see where we go. She did. She made, she made three sales from those emails. And by the end of the season, she had made six sales. Now this sounds small to you, but this is somebody who never markets is still in the very beginning of her business. She also has a storefront. That's Mm -hmm. why, I mean, she focused on that instead of her email list for a very long time. Yeah, but it's sales nonetheless. And it got it started because one of those sales was a $2,000 order from a repeat customer. Mm -hmm. So this isn't $10 sales here. This was thousands of dollars. And one of them was a repeat customer that came back and bought four of them for $2,000 total. And it was a repeat person that she, when she sent that email was a reminder, Hey, remember we're here. Yeah. So I want you to listen to that math because it's about consistency it's about building your list and it's about sending the emails. Yeah. Right. Okay. It sure is. And I think of it too, like a lot of times during the holidays, right? You get more people and you're the whole time you're trying to pre-build your email list because people are ready to buy more during the holidays than they are in other seasons, depending on what your product is. But typically, right? You get more of a, um, uh, a what is that? A radius. You get more of a radius or reach of people. Yeah. Reach of, um, people that are willing to buy from you. So you build your email list even more. So during that time you're pre-building it. And then that number can tick up because usually that number, I know we went with 20%, but open rates typically are higher when you have smaller lists mm-hmm. too, because typically you have a closer, and that's the same with social media because usually you don't have to get to as many people, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I'm just going to jump in really quick to interrupt this episode because I have to ask you a question. Can you believe we're already full steam ahead into another year? I know it's unbelievable. And we know you have big goals for your product business this year, and we're here to help you reach them. In all of our years helping product bosses, we find that one of the biggest things that they struggle with is setting their businesses up to truly scale and thrive. They don't know how to organize their time or handle the influx of orders when they do scale, or how to even stand out in a crowded market. So question for you, product boss, do you ever feel like you're juggling so much in your product business without knowing where to focus or how to reach your goals? We feel you. It's no secret being a product boss isn't easy, but there are things that you can be doing right now to help your business thrive this year. 
And we're here to help you do that. We are hosting a free series that includes three info-packed workshops to help you kick off your best year yet. So if you're feeling like you don't have enough hours in the day, or you don't even know what you should be focusing on to grow, or like your business can't even handle the influx of orders you want because you're making everything yourself, or like you don't know how to stand out in a crowded market, well, we've got you covered. That's why we created our upcoming free workshop series, The Product Boss's Guide to Your Best Year Yet. We're hosting three free workshops where we're sharing some of our biggest tips and tricks on how to have your breakthrough year in 2022. And the first workshop kicks off on January 20th. If you want to join us for free, just head to theproductboss.com slash best to save your spot. And let's grow this year together. So again, head to theproductboss.com slash best or head to the show notes and just click right there and we'll see you inside. So we tell you this because we want you to do it. And I know, you know, last time that we opened the doors to multi-stream machine and we're going to open them again on February 17th of this year, um, we actually do have a special bonus, but it's a fast action bonus, which will be how to list build for product-based businesses. Okay. So that is something that we know that you need support on. And that is something that will be coming to you all. So if this is like pinging your ears, make sure to get on that wait list for multi-stream machine. So now we've got that list building idea set in your head and, and sending, you know, the emails. Let's write down that math though. Okay. So far we've made 24 sales. 24 sales in a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that is just direct to your customers through your email list of a thousand where 200 of them opened it and that percentage, right? So if mm-hmm. you didn't grow your list at all and you didn't exhaust your list, you'd sell on average 20 to 24 probably mm-hmm. a month. And you go through that, but then you're constantly working on getting new customers on the list so that new people will buy. And you're trying to go back to customers that have already purchased and get them to buy again. Right. So then you can see how that snowball of sales starts to happen. Mm -hmm. I think another really important thing for people to consider is when they're doing this and like, I don't know what to do. Well, you know, we often say push your bestseller, which we're going to be having our free bestseller secrets challenge coming up. Buy a year of content. Mm-hmm. which is at a year of because that will really help you. There's different prompts for you to talk about your products without sounding salesy. So right now we're doing the math based off of one email a week, but you should really be sending out more emails than that. You could be sending out two emails a week, three emails a week. We see people that send out emails every single day, mm-hmm. anthropology. I'm talking to you, giving keys, <laughs> all of them. Like I get so many of their emails, you know? <sighs> so It's just a matter of how big your list is getting because they're not going to see every email. You should also be be resending to emails. You know what people I hear? hear, resending to unopens. Unopens. I hear people's alarm bells going off being like, I I don't want that many emails in my inbox. Why would I send that many emails? You are not your customer. Remember what we said in the very beginning. It is your job to sell. It is your job to create no like and trust. It's your job to show up. They may never open. That's why we say 20% of your list opens your emails. So 80% of the people on your list, 800 people of every thousand are not opening. They're also mm-hmm. not all 800 people unsubscribe from that email that you send. Right? Yeah, absolutely not. And they probably don't even see it. Because it gets buried and all the other emails are subscribed <laughs> to. But, <Yeah. laughs> but the reason why Mina and I are on email lists, like let's just say anthropology, is because we're raving fans. We love the brand 
and we may not be ready to buy today, but they're like this little mini billboard that pops into our inbox to remind us that they're still here. Yeah. Hey, reminder, Even we're still here. Even if we don't open their emails, mm-hmm. like I still constantly see their name popping up. And it up. pops into your brain and you remember it. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, and then one day when you're like, ooh, I want, I don't know, a new tablecloth Ikea or a skirt. Telluride. <laughs> gonna go click on it. Because yeah. you've all stayed on email lists that you want to stay on, Right. Yeah. We unsubscribe from the ones that we don't, and we stay on the ones we do. Now, you're probably like, well, I don't want them to want to leave. Let them leave. They'll come back, or they'll find you somewhere else. And that's where we want to kind of take this next. So then what I see the most, so many of you, spend all of your time on Instagram, thinking that Instagram is the end-all, be-all way to get in front of your customers. Yes, it's free, but our friend Marky Mark Zuckerberg has not been cool with letting us find new customers on there without paying. cool. (laughs) not that cool. You got to pay to get in front of, you got to pay to play now on Instagram. But if we talk about Instagram, it kind of, there's still percentages. They say, you know, one to 4% of all the people that follow you will see the content that you post. So when we're thinking about that, you could and should be selling at times on your social media, but you could also be growing your list on social media. You could also be engaging. You can also be showing like that know and like, like why, what's in it for them on social media. Mm-hmm. And can you convert those people over to join your email list so that you could market to them? So you can acquire more people to your list. So you could you could raise that number of people that purchase every time you market to them. Yeah. And now it's becoming more of a selling platform as well. So people are seeing, people understand that they're going to be a bit sold to, you know, it's not like social straight up social anymore. It's social selling a lot of times, right? So it's becoming more of a sales platform. This is why Marky Mark is making you pay to play because he wants to make money wherever. If he can't get you, know. you to pay in ads, he'll get you to pay in percentages of selling your product to people. Yeah, right. So <laughs> now we're moving to percentages of social media. So one to 4% is not a lot. I know that shocks people. It used to be something different, but the algorithm is that it's one to 4%. Okay. At the time of this recording, we never know. Which side is going to wake up on the bed of? I mean, we didn't, right? When we say Instagram, I mean, it's not even Facebook anymore. It's meta, right? So Lord (laughs) knows what's going to be happening on that, you know, metaverse. Um, But 1% to 4%. So doing the math, that is uh, 1,000 people. Let's say you have followers of 1,000 people. Only 40 people are seeing your posts or your stories, Right. So, and that's generous. You know, I think that 4% is kind of like, you know, but they are going to bring yeah. back chronological time um, posts. Who knows? I mean, that was announced, but like I said, we have no idea what is really on the docket for Meta. So, so that works out to you. 40 people see your posts. Mm-hmm. Now, social has a different type of conversion because we have so much content coming at us from all places that people scroll past. But let's just say you were able to convert 3% of the 40 One people. 1% to 3%. Yeah. Let's just do the same math. 1.2 people is 3%. Yeah. So one person 1%. from a post is likely to buy from if you have a following of 1,000 people. And there's now, like a call to action. That is not to go, a lot of people. No, but the but call to action has to it. buy it, right? Now we've added four sales. So now we're at 28 sales per month. Because you're saying we only do this once a month, once a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but sure. You would definitely be doing it more. But let's right? say they do one uh-huh. post a week that's somewhat selling, like has a call yeah. to action. Okay. Be like, grab this, go buy it in the like, like link in bio shop. You 
friends, we follow a lot of you. You do not use call to actions. You need to use a call to action. <laughs> you don't which need is, to for every post, no. I feel like. But for 80% of them, let's try to, you yeah. know? So now we've made four sales. That was being super ungenerous. It <laughs> <laughs> was just being. <laughs> yeah. So 28 sales per month. Okay. But again, that's still 28 sales per month, right? Because we're still growing as a business and we're still figuring it out on what we need to do. Right. But because let's say you had other um, sales channels as well. Yeah. So, but let's say you had, um, you know, four times that amount of, um, let's say you had 4,000 people on your email list and more followers, that would be 112 sales a month. So do you mm-hmm. see what we're, we're showing you here that like Mina's saying you could get to 28 sales. And then if you start to grow your following and you grow your list, you can double, triple, quadruple. And this is just on those two platforms. Right. Yeah. So there's two ways that we're going to think about like getting, we're going to get your percentage up. So that's one way. Another way is growing your list. So those, you know, the conversion changes right at the end, because then your numbers go up that way. Well, the other way is to add more platforms or sales channels, right? So we said 24 for email, four for Instagram, but let's keep doing the math. What if you have some in-person events? What if you have other platforms, right? Um, Like Amazon or wholesale, that is really when you're thinking about business sales channels, how you're making money, because usually your revenue comes from different sales channels and you've diversified it in a way where you have probably one main one, one or two main ones, but you have other supplemental ones. So if one flips itself over on the head, like in-person did for 2020, you have other things to rely on. Right. And then think about it. Okay. So, cause we, you know, through multi-issue machine and how, and our mastermind students and how we coach our students, um, we believe that it takes multiple streams of revenue for a product-based business. So you've got your, your online e-commerce shop, you've got social media, which has turned in or Instagram at least. And Facebook has turned into a shopping platform. Now let's say you decide to get on Amazon. I'm just going to throw out Amazon here. Amazon has basically the whole world. Mm-hmm. on Amazon, or yeah. at least let's just say the U S right now. So all these people that shop on Amazon now think about the percentages there. Think about the percentages of the people that go there ready to buy and ready to shop. All of a sudden you could increase your sales because Amazon has worked on acquiring the customers. They've done the marketing to get the people to that platform to buy. And mm-hmm. then your product, your business is on there and it's still doing the same thing. It's still saying, Hey customer, this is why you need or want me, or you desire me. You're looking for me. And this is why you pick my product and not someone else's product and buy. Yeah. When you think about the Amazon customer, Amazon is a shopping platform. It's something like 80% of people will buy within two weeks of searching something. So it's incredibly high. Every time I go on there, I buy No, I mean, some people do do like shopping around and research and stuff like that, right? So if you're paying for ads, for example, they take within a 14-day window, you know, that it gives credit to that ad, for example. So 80% of the people that even come to Amazon have their wallets out. And when I say wallets out, it's because usually they have a prime membership and they have all their wallet in the system. <laughs> you don't so, do anything. You just yeah, say, they don't go. have to do anything, right? So <sighs> it's just like how, um, you know, we we hate to be like getting up to get our wallets because I, I always pay via PayPal on any single thing because I'm like, I don't want to go get my purse. Well, this is already built into Amazon. So they've already done their own no like, and trust. Remember, I'm talking Amazon customer right now because it's Amazon's customer. 
The mm-hmm. point is, is that they've developed the no like, and trust. They, that Amazon customer that's on their platform has done the no because brand awareness, they're on there. They know what Amazon is going to give them in their life. They like Amazon because they love the convenience and they trust in them enough to put their credit card into their system. Now you're one of the businesses on there, that, which is why you pay them 15%. Think of it as marketing or lead acquisition budget, and they potentially buy from you. So potentially now they're coming from Amazon being the Amazon customer journey to your customer journey because now they're like, ooh, I discovered low labels on Amazon. Now I'm going to hop over to lowlabels.com and buy from them over there because let's see what they're all about. Oh, I like them and I trust them to buy from them on their own website, right? right? So we're different customer journeys here same one, different platform. I just want to give the scope of different sales channels and how you're, you know, how it's different on every, every cycle, um, on every platform. But let's even bring it to in-person shows, right? So craft Mm -hmm. fairs that you all might sign up for and go to, you're not needing to get all the customers to that craft fair. You don't right. need to send, you don't need it to only, yes, you can send your email list and say, Hey, come join me at this craft fair. You can go on social media and be like, Hey, I'm here. Come shop the craft fair, which but you the, definitely should. Yes, please note. But craft fair people who created it have their own customer list. They have their own email. They do their own marketing. They've acquired people and they have been doing marketing to get the customers to the, the, the in-person event to shop from all of you. And then it's your job to make the sale, right? Because all that marketing has happened. People are coming because they're like, they want to be in discovery mode and they're open to shopping. That's why they come to that, right? They're open to shopping. So now imagine, and I mean, we've worked with a lot of people that do in person, but now imagine you go, I mean, some of our masterminders have had like, I don't know, maybe I mean, thirty, $40,000 at like yeah. shows. Oh yeah. And then we're still talking craft fairs. We're not talking wholesale trade shows, but direct to customer. I think it just depends on the season and also how niche that particular market is. So if it's like a baby craft fair, you know, like they have them around here where it's like, you know, let's say you go for a day and you make, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, it's a weekend event, two days and you make what? 10 sales. Mm -hmm. I would say more than that. I would say couple thousand dollars, let's say, or that'd be a really successful day. But yeah, like, let's say you make, I don't know, I don't know what you're selling, but 10 sales a day. So that's 20 sales that weekend, but you've grown your email list because you're there at that event and you've acquired emails. And then you can sell to them later because now they know you and they like you because they've interacted with you in person and you can continue to sell. I love this, which by the way, you should have a goal. Every time you go to an in-person market, this is a big podcast you're going to sell. Seriously. So I like that goal. Let's say, let's just add 20 to this monthly sales that we're doing. Yeah. We're at 48 sales now. Wow. I mean, this is a big business we're creating here, right? Just yeah, off of a thousand are. person list, thousand uh-huh. people following you on Instagram and a two day event. We've gotten to 48 sales. All right. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of you are listening and being like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Now imagine, okay, maybe you didn't do Amazon. Okay. Like we can't quantify Amazon. So let's not Amazon, maybe an in-person show, but now maybe you dip your toe into wholesale, which is another sales platform. So mm-hmm. wholesale, you go to trade shows to sell B2B, or you get on one of those platforms that connects you with retailers, mm-hmm. or you go the traditional route and you cold call retailers and you try and sell to them your product mm-hmm. from a wholesale perspective. 
Now you are selling in quantity. So you're acquiring a new customer, a wholesale customer, but they're buying more from you. They're buying six pieces of each. They're buying 30 pieces. And now mm -hmm. let's, um, let's just say 30, should we go to 30? Let's say you get two or three new wholesale stores a month mm -hmm. and they buy, should we say 30 too much? 15, 20? Let's just stick with the 20. Okay. We'll go back to 20. <laughs> so your goal is I'm going to get into three new stores a month and I have minimums and all that. We teach you all of this in multi-stream machine, by the way. So, and you say, okay. And they each put in an average order of 20 pieces sold to you, three customers, but 20, 40, 60 units sold. So if you want to quantify that in sales, we can add 60 to the 48 yeah. of actual sales. So now sales we're at 108 units or orders sold. And this is just when, when I'm saying units or orders, just remember they could be buying bundles mm -hmm. that you put together. They could be buying, like Jacqueline said, this wholesale, you know, starting order or reorder, right? So, I mean, this, this could be, be potentially much more than just 108 units, for example. So let's, so I want, so what we wanted to do is think about there's a percentage of the people you're going to sell to that are yours. And then there's going to be the ways to get in front of other people's customers by getting onto other platforms. Wholesale retailers have done their own work. They have foot traffic based on where they are. They have their own email list. They might have an e-commerce store as well with their own people and they're driving traffic to purchase products that you make and you sell. So you said we were at 108. So that's mm -hmm. three wholesale orders. That's a two day in-person show selling 20, 20 things that, that weekend. That's four sales made off of Instagram. And that's 24 email list orders, orders. on the website. So we got to 108. Yeah. Okay. So my friends, it's 108. What should we give the average price point of the product? 50. Okay, 108, maybe 30. 30, oh, yeah. you think it's that low? I don't know how okay. much people are buying. Okay, we'll go to 50, yeah, 108 okay, okay. times 50. But because remember, there's, yeah, that's true. All right, we can do, let's meet in the middle, 40. <laughs> 108 orders at an average of $40 each. That's $4,320 you've just made. Mm -hmm. This month. Congratulations. Off of a thousand person Take email Take that times list. 12, please. Okay. Times 12. You've now become a, you have now made $51,840 in revenue this year with nice. no other growth. No growth. We're basing that off of thousand email person lists. Um, and three new wholesale orders a month and, and a trade show um, a month. A thousand on Instagram. Four people were from that. What was the other? Oh, in-person event. You went to an in-person event one in-person event for two days and you made 20 sales. Yeah, that was it. Sounds pretty uh, awesome, I, mean, I think. Yeah, it sure does. Just think, right? We I'm really proud of us doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right? So just to show you that it's little by little, piece by piece. And so as you move forward, you get to know which ones do work for you better. 
and you lean into those and you lean into those products and you listen to the product boss and you invest in yourself and you buy courses that streamline your systems, your visibility and your sales, and you keep making more money in an easier way. And let me just say, because so many of you out there have told us that you just want to be a six figure business. Six figures is hitting $100,000. Well, guess what? That whole mathematical calculation that we just gave you three wholesale orders, uh, you know, a month, potentially a two-day trade um, in-person event, getting four people to buy from you off of Instagram and getting 24 sales off of your emails. If we just doubled that, just doubled those efforts, doubled those lists. 2,000 email lists, 2,000 in your Instagram based on the same percentages, okay? Um, Six wholesale orders. in-person events for two days and six wholesale orders. Boom. $100,000. Or you, you know, let's say there's only one event or you only want to do one event a month. You increase your average cart value there. You raise it up. You get people to buy more from you. You get more customers into your booth. You increase what it looks like. You know, you don't necessarily have to do more. Or you add a sales channel. You include Amazon. Mm -hmm. You get on, you start having affiliates or um, influencers. Ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean... There this you are. Fun. Math is fun. Math is, we never said we're not, we're, we're just not <laughs> live with math, but we can calculate things. So, so for those of you that said six figures, like you double those efforts and this isn't like you're, this isn't out of control, right? We haven't told you you have to do no. all the things, but you do need to acquire the customers through list building. You do have to market to them. They need to know you. They need to like you. They need to trust you. You need to sell to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And voila. You, and you need something business. to sell. Mm-hmm. So for example, you cannot sell what you don't have. So during the holidays, for example, what inventory do you have at these in-person shows? We're assuming you have inventory. Okay. So Let's not run out of stock on anything. Let's keep growing your email list. Let's keep investing yourself in your education. And um, then, you know, because time is money, that'll be a different episode because this one is getting very, very big. Um, But (laughs) that's when you start saving time, which is essentially money, Mm -hmm. right? So we can't wait to support you in the upcoming weeks with our free workshops, our bestseller secrets challenge. And also for those of you who join us in multi-stream machine when the doors open on February 17th. So we're so excited for all of you. We're going to help dig into this and, you know, get you to being a six figure business, or if you're already in your six figures, multi six figures, and mm-hmm. just keep snowballing your sales, right? You can see how we just snowballed all of this and that it worked. It's math. It's, it's, it's numbers. We can calculate and forecast where you're going to be. It doesn't have to feel so hard. So thank you for listening. If you love this, send us a DM over on Instagram, make sure to follow us. Um, and as always, you know, like, or not like, but review the podcast where you're listening Mm -hmm. to it. If five stars only. Yes. If not, just send us a DM. (laughs) Nope, neither. Five stars only. And um, that would be wonderful because (laughs) (laughs) that helps other people benefit from it too. Because we know that there's room for the top for all of us. And we want to see you there right right there with us with your calculator. So thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. 
Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge and Small Business Shopping Directory. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. So head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. And friend, while you are there, check out and shop from hundreds of small businesses in the Small Business Shopping Directory. It's the go-to directory to discover, support, and shop small businesses all in one place. Head to shop1in5.com.